0: The time is at hand.
1: The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army.
0: When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. But I am telling you right now! We need a great reset.
1: And this This is extremely extremely dangerous dangerous to our our democracy.
0: Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen.
1: Welcome to In Dark Places. I'm your Huckleberry, Junebug Fugit. My sad little dying town is starting to show some signs of life. Kind of encouraging. A couple of months ago we had a brand new Dollar Tree open up right beside of the store that I work in which was being rebuilt at that time and my store has a Starbucks in it now since it's been rebuilt so we had the Dollar Tree and the Starbucks and personally Starbucks is kind of evil and I don't drink anything from there but I guess they're good for the economy we've got a brand new Burger King which is pretty exciting to me because I love Burger King and we used to have a Burger King at one time back around 2000 or so in a gas station and it was only there for like a year maybe and then it shut down and we've not had a Burger King like ever in my town besides that one little time so I would always have to get my Burger King from other towns in the neighboring Vicinities. I love Burger King and now we're getting a Papa John's inside that same gas station that used to have the Burger King (laughs) hmm kind of weird but I need Papa John's and there's new jobs coming into the town and everything and it's looking up for my little sad town it's too bad that our mall has like 12 empty buildings In our latest edition of What's the Deal with Florida Driveway Stolen From Florida Home By Tim Banal Thanks Tim A Florida woman was left scratching her head and understandably upset when the driveway to her home wound up vanishing due to the handiwork of a scheming miscreant According to a local media report the bizarre incident reportedly occurred early last month in an Orange County community where Amanda Bochu had recently put her residence up for sale shortly after listing the house. multiple contractors inexplicably visited the home to take measurements of her driveway when asked why they were there, one of the individuals indicated that a man named andre had inquired about replacing the concrete slab outside the residence. Bewildered by the strange situation, Brochu dutifully phoned the police, who tracked down the mysterious man and were told he just got the wrong address. Nothing else will happen again. Alas, it turned out that Andre was far from honest with the cops as the driveway to the residence disappeared a week later. I was in unbelievable, like, Utter shock. Brochu's realtor, Rocky Sanchez, said. I've never seen this before. I've never had this happen to myself or anyone in our office. Local authorities have launched an investigation into the strange case in hopes of figuring out who removed the driveway and why they pulled off the unfortunate vanishing act. And now... Here is your Nicolas Cage, meltdown of the week. To date, Nicolas Cage has made 107 movies, and that was meltdown number 103. There's no meltdowns in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Snowden, Industrial Symphony number one, or The Flash. I have used every Nicolas Cage meltdown of his 103 movies that feature meltdowns, so I've done all those movies. That was Dream Scenario, his latest movie. And I had to make an executive decision. Should I start watching the Nicolas Cage movies all over again? And find multiple meltdowns from each movie? Or should I just wait until he releases a new movie? And upon contemplating this, I think the best decision will be to just wait Until he puts out another movie. So it might be a while before we hear from Nick again. This week on the show. Elves. Gnomes. The wee folk.
0: Alright. We're going to talk about a little controversial subject right now. Not conspiracy theories. No politics but midgets. (laughs) This story is called Attacked by Midgets. When we were growing up in North Bergen, New Jersey, one kid told us a story of Midget Town and how he had been there and was nearly killed. We all wanted to go and see this village for ourselves. The kid was hesitant to show us, but he finally agreed. I'm not sure exactly what town we were in, but it was really close to the entrance to the George Washington Bridge. The houses were unusually small, the doors were just about five feet high, and the roads were very tight. All of a sudden, we saw little midgets running after our cars, throwing rocks. We didn't stay because the kid who owned the car didn't want it to get messed up.
1: Thanks, Jimmy. My brief encounter with an elf. Everything I am going to tell you is true, and I swear, I was very scared. I believe in magic and mysteries, but I didn't expect to find an elf in my face. One night, many years ago, I think it was between the years 2009 and 2011, I was between 20 and 22 years old. I was on my old computer at night, and I was curious to see things about mysteries on the internet. I found a page with themes of magic and magical animals. So there was a phrase for being friends with an elf. I read it out loud. It was in an unknown language, and nothing happened at that moment. And I didn't give it much thought at that moment. It was 10 p.m. At about 12 a.m., I went to sleep I usually wake up a lot at dawn because I have insomnia. I wake up every hour and a few seconds later I go back to sleep. So it was around 1.30 a.m. I was sleeping and I opened my eyes and I saw how something was pulling up the blanket with which I was covering myself so as not to be cold at night. That something was about 20 centimeters and it was on top of my mattress. I couldn't see it very well since all this happened in half a second. It was all dark but there was definitely something very close to my face covering me with the blanket until the neck. Instinctively I covered myself up with the blanket and I started hitting the inside of it to try to get rid of the thing that had scared me. I, in there, super scared took courage and quickly lowered the blanket to my hips and turned on a small television that I had near my feet in order to light the room. When the TV was on, I looked around the room and saw nothing. I was still in a state of panic, and I said out loud, I don't want to see anyone else, any elves or goblins. Since that night, nothing has appeared in my room. Two years later, I heard that my brother, who slept in a nearby room, told me that he saw, out of the corner of his eye, a small elf, small and dark, running from his closed door to the also closed window. He also said that this happened in a split second. All this happened around 2 or 3 a.m. So I asked him when it happened. I did the math, and I think it was the same day and night that I kicked that poor elf out of my room to never see him again. From the looks of it, elves can walk right through doors
0: or windows when they're closed. Here's another story. This is called the Right to Bear Small Arms. Recently, I visited this small place and there were many, many little people there. I was driving by and heard bangs as I saw a few dwarfs. I thought they were throwing cans at my car. And when I got out to check the damage, it was much more than I had expected. I found nine bullet holes on the passenger side of my brand new car. I went to the police. They told me that I wasn't supposed to be down there and that any car that entered without a permit was shot at. If you go there late at night, And honk your horn, a few select midgets come out and will literally chase you down. Now, not to sound funny or anything, but for little people, they sure can run. They chase you with baseball bats and knives until they have chased you out of their part of town. Now, don't be fooled, but there are no little houses. They live in the same size houses as everyone else. What is going on here? Hmm. Interesting.
1: I hesitate to tell about this experience I had because the encounter was pretty brief and there isn't much to say. But I'm going to tell it anyway. Do tell. So this took place in Washington State back in the summer of 2007 or 2008. I believe I was about 21 or 22 years old at the time. I lived in a suburban, middle-class neighborhood, and, like a lot of neighborhoods in Washington, it sort of has a forest-type feel to it, with lots of trees and nature around. Anyway, my good friend lived about a mile away from where I lived, and it was a nice, simple walk back and forth, so that's what we usually did. I was at my friend's house late one night, and he fell asleep. I'd like to add that no drugs or alcohol had been consumed and I was entirely sober. I'm still awake and getting hungry, so I was like, eh, I wanna go home. It was about two or three in the morning at this point, but I'd done this plenty of times before, so it wasn't a big deal. Like I said earlier, this is in the middle of summer, so it's a nice night out and I'm enjoying the walk home. I reach about the halfway point, and I'm on the sidewalk, passing in front of a small house, and under a street light when I hear a sort of rustling sound, like grass or leaves being shifted around, or moved through, and it had come from my direct right, somewhere from in front of the yard of this house. I stopped in my tracks and turned my head toward the noise I had heard, absolutely expecting to see a cat or two, but instead what I saw was about five feet away from me in the yard with a small dead-looking tree, maybe three feet tall, clinging to the side of the tree. It was a small humanoid, about a foot tall, looking right at me, The way it was clinging to that small tree. It's hard to put into words. But it really sticks out in my mind. I just froze. I wasn't quite sure what I was seeing. But I could tell it was a small, skinny, little, naked humanoid. With brownish skin. Although the streetlight gave everything a dirty yellow hue. And no hair. And I could see that it was looking at me. Its eyes just looked like small shiny black beads. There wasn't much time to stare because almost immediately the little creature leapt off to the side of the tree and into the grass and it took off running from the tree to around the side of the house and into the darkness and he moved really fast. As soon as he was out of sight I unfroze and sprinted almost the entire rest of the way home stopping only to look back behind me every now and then. That's the best description I have, because of how quickly the encounter was over. I wish I had more time to see it, but between the fear and how fast it moved, is a blur. Plus, it was a long time ago. I've always believed those things, and things like them, exist. And I know I saw one that night.
0: It's one of the creepiest things that's ever happened to me. And there's more! There's also a Midgetville in San Diego, California. We found it by accident, so I couldn't give you the directions, but it is is located on Mount Soledad. Even though the people that live on this very prestigious mountain deny Midgetville's existence, I have seen it. The mountain has a large white cross at its top. There's a little section where the houses and the doors in the mailboxes are so much smaller. You can stand by the houses and be almost as tall as they are. It is so cute. That story was from uh, Teresa. There's actually some uh, pictures in this book about the little midget houses.
1: So this happened to me when I was about 10, but I was so shocked. I remember it vividly. My parents go to the farmer's market weekly. This time, they brought me along. So this farmer's market was held on a big parking lot. And on the ground here and there were some sorts of metal gratings. And you could see the sewers. Anyway, I was always scared of walking on those grates as a kid because I thought I would fall in. But that day, the market was full. Not a lot of space to go around and I had to walk over one of them. As I did, I looked down, and there was somebody down there looking back. He was small, he had pointy ears, but he had eyes that I can't forget. They were golden and so shiny. I looked at him, he looked at me, for what seemed like an eternity. I was so shocked that I just kept on walking. When I went back to the car, I told my parents. I told everyone, but nobody would believe me. Till this day, nobody does. We believe you. It has even become a running joke amongst my friends. So I stopped talking about it altogether. It's the first time I've told this story in a decade. Trust me, reading it as an adult, I know how crazy, corny, and ridiculous it sounds. But I know it happened. Another thing. I don't know if it's important, but his stare was chilling. I knew that he wasn't
0: good. Here's some more. Carrot-wielding little people. There are no trespassing signs all over Midgetville and Jefferson. I've been there, and two midgets came out with carrots and chased me out. I have also seen the midgets outside shoveling snow. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pause that. I don't know why I found that so funny. There are about 10 midget homes with a two foot tall castle looking statue in the middle.
1: Catch Lucky! He's got Lucky Charms! They're magically delicious! Always have to be Lucky Charms the crunchy old cereal with a rainbow of marshmallow surprises. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers, and blue diamonds. After this good, nutritious breakfast! Oh! They're coming! I'll make a snowmobile and zoom away! Oh. Frosted lucky times They're magically delicious! When I was about seven years old, I was on vacation with my family in California. Palm Desert, to be exact. I was staying at my grandpa's house with my two older brothers, Mom and her best friend. My mom and I were sharing a room with her best friend, and in the room were two twin beds. My mom and I slept in one, and her best friend slept in the other. The bed we were in was right up against the corner of the room, and half of the bed was against the wall, which had a window right next to it. The window was about waist level, and when sleeping, it was just right above my head. This particular night, I was sleeping facing the window, and my mom laid next to me. I awoke in the middle of the night, and everything seemed normal. The moonlight was shining in through the window. And then, out of nowhere, I saw about fifteen gingerbread-shaped creatures coming up from the outside of the window, going straight through the glass, like you would imagine a ghost would pass through. And... They land right on my stomach. They were about three inches tall, and each were a different color, but colored brightly and glowing. They were blue, lime green, yellow, red, and pink. They walked all over my mom and I. As a child, I was just in awe. They eventually climbed up the wall to the window and left one by one, again going straight through the glass. The next morning was what really shocked me. I woke up and ran into my grandpa's dining room where he and my older brothers were eating breakfast and I stood at the foot of the table so excited to tell them what I had seen or thought I had seen. I finished explaining and then I looked to my right and I saw my mother standing next to me. Her face was pale. She looked at me and said, I saw them too. I could not believe it. To this day, I can't explain what we saw. And whenever I mention it to her, we both kind of laugh it off because it was so strange. I have tried to find some kind of answer or explanation on the internet, but I have never found anything remotely close to what we saw. Strange, slightly adorable, possible fairies. Or something else entirely. I have seen my fair share of humanoid things in my life, as has my mom. But this one always stuck out to me, because I haven't been able to find any information
0: or similar story on it. Here's another midget story called I See Midgets in California. There's a dwarf community in San Diego, somewhere in Coronado. The houses all look normal, except the windows are low and the doors are small. Pretty dang nice houses, too. I live in Southern California, and there is an abandoned Midgetville there. Did you know this was a thing? It's old, and the trees are overgrown. Some of the houses have been demolished. What's strange is that the buildings are so oddly shaped and twisted. A friend of mine went to Midgetville in Utah that was still thriving. Now that I've heard there is one in New Jersey, I have reason to believe they're all over the country. I'm gonna I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. I didn't know there's friggin' midgetvilles all over the country. There is supposedly a midgetville here in Virginia, located in the suburb of DC known as Tysons. The Ringling Brothers Circus is said to have built it back when they had an office in the Tyson's Corner Mall. Supposedly, midgets still live there and are rude as hell to outsiders. It's reportedly like a scale downtown with small houses and short light posts. When I was still in elementary school, me
1: and my family used to spend all summer at my great-uncle's house. Me and my family slept in the same room Except for my sister, who would sleep on the bed in the living room. And my great uncle, who would sleep in his own room. That was a pretty normal day. We went to the beach, we ate some pizza, and then at around 10pm we all went to sleep. At around 4am, I suddenly woke up because someone was throwing things around in the kitchen. Plastic cups, containers, food, etc., the door was open, so I was able to see the light coming from the kitchen. So when I had enough of all that noise, I got it from the bed. At first, something seemed off. I thought I was having some sort of strange dream, and as any rational kid would do, I tried to see if I could bend fire, like in TLA. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to bend fire, right? I couldn't. I wasn't dreaming. My father wasn't in his bed, but I didn't care much, since maybe he was just in the bathroom. My great uncle was fairly old and had trouble sleeping at night, so I thought he just went into the kitchen to get some water. Uncle? Uncle? Are you alright? All this noise woke me up, I said while making my way to the kitchen. To my surprise, the room was empty, but the light was on. And the fridge was open, with a can of Coke laying in front of it. What? I thought. (laughs) I looked up to the shelf that was to my right, and I saw what was making that noise. Some sort of short creature, around 30 centimeters tall. A gnome, you'd say, was looking at me, terrified. He was terrified because I saw him. I thought to myself... He's going to hurt me better if I fake to faint. And so I did. After a few seconds, I opened my eyes, and I saw that I wasn't on the kitchen floor anymore. I was in a strange, colorful tunnel. I got scared again, and I closed my eyes one more time. After a minute that felt like an eternity, I reopened them, and I was laying in my bed. There were still sounds coming from the kitchen, but I was scared, and I just waited for them to stop. And before sunrise, they did. That wasn't the only encounter I've had with that dude, but I never saw it again. I'd only hear him because I was, and am, too scared to see him again. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but I'm
0: sure I wasn't supposed to see him. Midgetville is just a short hop, from downtown. We have a Midgetville here in Ridley, Pennsylvania. Across from Taylor Hospital. It's about 15 minutes from Philadelphia. Midgets, I mean little people, still reside in this private community. And trespassing is prohibited. But there are ways of getting inside. <laughs> Why don't they leave these people alone? In this small town, the streets are tiny little streets... And tiny little houses. Even the mailboxes are tiny. It's a must-see. That was sent in by Carol. And I'm going to have my own personal story for you right now. So there's a convenience store here called Wawa. I think it's up in the Northeast. But uh, when I was going to college, I stopped in there to get a pack of cigarettes. And I, I know... I know it's wrong. So the only person, uh, it's a place where, you know, they have the cash registers and they have another area where they make subs. So I needed a pack of cigarettes. The guy was behind at the sub station. Nobody else was in the store. So he, uh, I guess he hopped off a little stool or something, came running over to the cash registers. And I swear this is what happened. He said, can I help you? And he said, I'm all by myself. I said, oh, shorthanded today. I immediately smacked myself invisibly over my head. And he said, yeah. So then he said, what do you want? I said, a pack of Winston. Now, there's regulars and 100s. And he said, which kind do you want? And I said, the short pack. That's twice in a matter of 10 seconds and I, I don't know why I don't know why these things come out I felt awful terrible thank you
1: the kappa is a creature of Japanese folklore in places where it is rumored to roam warning signs have been placed to warn away children and tourists kappas are water demons with incredible elastic arms They lure people to their pools and drown them to eat them. The kappa is an amphibious, web-footed, aquatic creature about the size of an 11-year-old boy with a sharp beak for a mouth and bog patches on the top of its head. Kappas are known for tripping up horses or stealing vegetables from fields and using their anus to cause various forms of mischief. (laughs) The possibilities are endless. Children are told to not swim too far out in the rivers or the kappa will pull them under and suck the life energy out of them. Kappas receive their power from a depression in their head that holds water. The easiest way to trip one up is to bow. When the kappa returns the bow, water spills from its head and it loses its powers. There are two ways to stop these demons from eating you. The only thing they love to eat more than human flesh, particularly the livers, are cucumbers. They even sneak out of their habitat just to get a cucumber. Just carve your name and birthday on a cucumber and when they eat it, they'll have to leave you alone. Another way is to take advantage of the hollow in her head,
0: as previously noted. The Yellow Brick Road leads to Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City, Utah, the term Hobbit is not so much about Tolkien movies and books as about a strange and dangerous neighborhood in the northeast corner of town. For decades, rumors have swirled about a diminutive community known as Hobbitville, a secluded, guarded portion of Salt Lake City supposedly inhabited exclusively by dwarfs who built their house in a private neighborhood away from judgmental eyes. Local teens often become enraptured with this story and go on late-night rides to see Hobbitville for themselves. The stories they bring back are unusually strange and often frightening. Here comes the snowblower. (laughs) One rumor has it that the hobbits have created a system of communication to alert each other in the presence of outsiders and yell to each other in a strange dialect. They will also confront intruders, often throwing vegetables and food at them. In fact it's said that they have cultivated large stockpiles of foods for the express purpose of pelting the curious with them. Some stories say that the hobbits are very vicious and have killed intruders. A large unkempt man called the Ogre also patrols the area. There are many no trespassing signs posted throughout the neighborhood and Hobbitville is patrolled by both police and private security, not to mention the ogre. Whether or not little people really are living there, big fines are levied against those caught exploring this mythical land after dark.
1: I have a super vivid memory from when I was really young, like six or eight. I lived on Long Island, and my parents took me and my little brother to the beach all the time. I grew up around oceans and water, so my parents trusted me to run around the shore without too much supervision, as long as I didn't swim where I couldn't reach the bottom. I remember I was collecting shells and rocks on the bay while my mom was feeding my little brother, and I climbed around these huge brown rocks that were halfway in the water. There was a boy who looked about a little older than me, sitting in the middle of the rocks. I didn't really think it was weird because I was like seven and I just asked him what he was doing. He didn't say anything, but he smiled and picked up a few shells from the water and put them in my bucket. When he came more into the light, he looked super pale, almost light blue, and his hair looked like green clumpy seaweed his eyes were huge and black but I thought it's rude to comment on what people look like so I didn't say anything I just hopped off the rocks into the shallow water but he followed me he said something to me but it wasn't in English and he just kept going into the deep water and bringing me cool shills my mom called for me to leave and I said bye to the kid and thanks for the shells, and I walked up the shore to my mom. I told her about the boy, but she said she didn't see anyone, even though she was watching me. I don't know. I did have a pretty active imagination as a kid, but I remember this so vividly. I'm really into mythology. Now, as an adult, I can't help to think that maybe he was some sort of water fairy, or merperson or something. Or maybe just a weird boy who was good at swimming and needed a hairbrush. My mom not seeing him could mean that I imagined him. Or that whole thing about fairies, only letting children see them. We'll have to go to our judges on that one. Can we allow that
0: story? One more. This one's called Rich and Retired and Living in Midgetville. In high school, we all knew about Midgetville, which was supposedly to be somewhere in eastern Maryland. A bunch of rich midget actors from The Wizard of Oz retired there and built a completely miniaturized neighborhood of suburban excellence. But because they built the town in an isolated, hard-to-find place, the residents went insane, and their inbred children have insatiable desires for mischief and blood. They wait in the trees in front of their homes and jump down on lost motorists and bite their eyes. Holy mackerels!
1: When I was pretty young, my grandmother on my dad's side had bought me a small playhouse that she kept in her yard, and I would play in it whenever I went over there, during the warm months at least. I kept other toys that stayed in her house there as well. She never believed me and thought I was just making things up to get myself out of trouble, like kids do. Around early or mid-spring, toys would go missing from my playhouse. She would always blame the neighborhood kids, or me, and say I was just making excuses. But I told her because leprechauns, that's what I called them at least, were taking the things. Of course, I can't really blame her for not believing me. But I didn't just come up with the story out of nowhere. I saw it. I was still pretty young, as I mentioned, so I wasn't allowed out past dark. But I loved lightning bugs. I still do actually, but that's besides the point. Since they usually came out right around when I would be caught inside, I'd often watch them through the windows. On at least one occasion, I saw what I thought was a lightning bug moving, sort of strangely, bobbing more than flying, and the light was constant instead of blinking. I thought it was just some super firefly and got excited and stood on my toes to get a better look at it. Turns out, the light was constant because it was the light of a pipe and a small little man with a beard and a hat. Not a pointed one, but more of a flattish one. was scurrying across the yard, carrying what looked like one of the small rubber ducks I'd left in the playhouse. I loved rubber ducks. I don't know why. So I had quite a few. Anyway, I got my grandma's attention and tried to show her, but of course, by then, it had disappeared. That's when I started telling her That that's what caused my toys to go missing.
0: And wouldn't you know
1: it, we're a little short on time. (laughs) Sorry. We'll see you again right here next week. Thanks as always, Jimmy Haunted. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Have a good time. Be careful. God bless.